The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody, from College Station, Texas. Welcome in to the Leach Report as the Wildcats get set to play against the Texas A&M Aggies tonight here in College Station. The uh, Wildcats will face one of the hottest teams uh, around. Texas A&M's won eight in a row heading into this matchup. We will talk about that and more today with Chris Fisher of the Cats Paws, with Mike Pratt, and the radio voice of the Texas A&M Aggies, Andrew Monaco. Wildcat News of the Day is a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. Buzz Williams is in his third year as the coach here at Texas A&M. His team is 15-2, and 4-0 in the league. John Clay, writing in the Lexington Herald-Leader, notes that the third year of previous stops for Buzz Williams has been the best year, has been the breakout year. So that's look, that looks like what is happening here at Texas A&M as well. Uh, if you look at uh, some numbers, one thing that stands out is uh, that they're shooting the ball much better than his first two teams did. Uh, one of the top three-point shooting teams by percentage in the SEC. They also force a high number of turnovers. Uh, also part of the MO for Texas A&M is that they are going to collapse their defense, try to draw charges, so um, Kentucky will have to be aware of that. Oscar Shebway in particular. And Kentucky's probably not going to get the, uh, the space that it found with a Tennessee team that really uh, extends its defense a little bit more and gets after you. So this could be a team that uh, collapses more into the lane. Kentucky will need to uh, be able to make some mid-range shots, and obviously some threes as well to open things up. Uh, and uh, as I said yesterday, this is A&M's best chance if you look at their schedule. Their best chance for a marquee win is this game because their other games against the best teams in the league are all on the road, and this is the one that they get in their building. Game time, 8.30 Eastern tonight. So coverage will start at 7 on the U.K. network. And I guess we'll be flying back into some uh, some bad snowy weather this evening in central Kentucky. Uh, Mike Stoops has officially signed his contract to be the new inside linebackers coach for his brother Mark Stoops' program at Kentucky. Uh, this seems like a, uh, a good hire for Coach Stoops because it's a guy's a former D1 defensive coordinator. Uh, so he's a guy that uh, Mark wanted to have a have this hire be somebody that could see the big picture of a defense, could be a coordinator. Uh, John Sumrall was that kind of guy. Uh, Mike Stoops uh, easily fills that bill as well. And uh, quarterback from Georgia, Amir Speed, that had been mentioned as somebody Kentucky might try to go after, He has committed to Michigan State. Isn't it uh, kind of strange, crazy, whatever word you want to use, 
how often Kentucky and Michigan State are now seeming to intersect on a variety of uh, in a variety of ways uh, for coaches, for uh, transfers, for recruits, uh, even for voting in polls. As Coach Mel Tucker left Kentucky completely off his top twenty-five ballot. Uh, another honor for Ty Ty Washington, named CBS Sports Freshman of the Week for his performances last week. Uh, new bracket projections are out from the guys that uh, do that, some of them anyway. Joe Lenardi has Kentucky projected as a three seed, Mike DeCourcy as a four. And always remember, these guys are studying the data that is available. So Kentucky gets some credit for how good it looked against Tennessee, but they still don't have but maybe as many quad one wins or quad twos, whatever, as other teams. And the thing is, they're going to have ample opportunity to get them. And uh, that's why I think Kentucky still has an opportunity to play itself all the way up to a one if it really uh, has a, a good record in those games. If you take a few couple of L's along the way, two or three L's along the way, you could still probably end up as a two. And College day, Game Day is going to do its first campus show of uh, since 2020. Started to say of the season, but this is the first one since 2020 when Kentucky plays at Kansas. So they're going to be in Lawrence. And if you uh, are one of the, the many who are worried about what's uh, gone on with the uh, COVID situation and the Omicron variant, uh, I do know from uh, observing and, and talking to, to people in the ESPN family that you know Disney, the Disney Corporation is hypersensitive on this. So if they're sending their folks out on the road uh, for... Uh, this event, that's uh, probably a, a good indication of, of where things are trending and uh, hopefully uh, in a good way for all of us. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Our Wildcat News of the Day presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. Go to Giuseppe'sLexington.com to make a reservation or just to check out the fantastic menu that they have there. And if you can't get time to get out Get the whole dining experience with the live jazz music to accompany your meal. Just take Giuseppe's home through their drive-up window. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. We'll be right back. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. We're coming to you from College Station, Texas, where the Wildcats play the Texas A&M Aggies tonight. As we uh, go through this week, we'll uh, touch base with uh, our guests for any memories or uh, thoughts that they have of the passing of Kentucky coach Joby Hall at age 93 last Saturday. Uh, By the way, uh, the family has announced that uh, because of COVID, the uh, – Funeral services, visitation, etc. All of that will just be a private event. Um, Chris, any uh, any Joby Hall stories or uh, thoughts? Yeah, you know, Joby was a little bit before my time, but you know, looking back at Kentucky basketball, yes, obviously he won the national championship, three Final Fours, you know did the impossible by replacing a legend in Adolph Rupp and, and became a legend himself. Um, maybe the most successful coach to follow 
a legend the way he did. But I also look at, you know, Wildcat Lodge and oversaw the construction of that, was the namesake for that, and then instituted Big Blue Madness. It was called Midnight Special then, but, and, you know, nowadays every school has, you know, a, a Midnight Madness event, but... To me, there's no part of modern Kentucky basketball that he didn't touch or he didn't have a hand in shaping. And so, in a lot of ways, I think he took, he, you know, he carried that torch from, you know, the old school days of Kentucky basketball from Adolph Rupp and, and, and brought Kentucky basketball into the modern era in a lot of different ways. Yeah, it's very well said. Uh, Chris Fisher, Cat's Paws. Uh, dot com and at Chris Fisher twenty four seven on Twitter. Uh, this is uh, I was saying yesterday for Texas A and M. Uh, this is if you look at their schedule the the uh, the biggest uh, opportunity they have for a marquee win is probably this game because the other games that they have against ranked opponents are all going to be on the road. I think maybe save for one. So this uh, will be I would imagine. A pretty salty environment that Kentucky will walk into tonight. Of course, they're used to that. Um, didn't have it so much as usual at Vandy without students and so forth. But I imagine it'll be uh, loud and proud here for the Aggies tonight and a team that is playing really well. We're just, because of you know, what their schedules look like, we're not sure how good they are, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. They've feasted on some um, inferior competition. They did beat uh, a Notre Dame team that, that beat Kentucky earlier this season. And it always seems to be an entertaining game when Kentucky travels down to, uh, to College Station. And so we'll, I think we'll learn a lot more about uh, Texas A&M after tonight for sure. Yeah, at uh, 4-0, 15-2, I mean, if this is their chance to uh, make a statement that they should be ranked in, uh, in consideration for an NCAA tournament bid. Um, what do you expect to see out of Kentucky coming off just an otherworldly performance offensively on Saturday. Yeah, I I I think they will. I, I think they'll keep it rolling. I don't think you know Saturday was as much of an aberration as you would think, just on uh, you know instant reaction. I mean, this Kentucky team has been playing at a really really high level offensively for the last couple of weeks, and I think this is kind of what they are. I think they. They found themselves. Um, Ty Ty Washington individually uh, is playing at a really, really high level right now. I don't. There's been a lot of talented freshmen, a lot of talented guards under John Calipari at Kentucky, but I don't remember one quite like Ty Ty Washington. He's not the most athletic. He's not the fastest. He's not the best shooter. But when you look at his complete package as an offensive player and his ability uh, to to you know, to play the game, his feel for the game, his IQ. He has such a mature understanding of of how to play. I'm not sure we've seen a, a player quite like him uh, under John Calipari. And then you look at the way Kentucky's shooting the ball from the outside. Kellen Grady's been on fire for the last month or so. Uh, Davion Mintz has reemerged and really started to look like the player that we saw uh, lead the team in scoring last season, and then that's not even to mention what you get from Oscar Shibway on a nightly basis, who's you know played himself into the National Player of the Year discussion. So I would think Kentucky will will keep it rolling. It'll be interesting to see how they respond to that road environment. Kentucky hasn't played particularly well in true road games this season. Maybe outside of that performance uh, at Vanderbilt, struggled at Notre Dame, struggled at 
LSU uh, shooting the ball for except you know outside of that first you know five minutes or so of the second half, and so I'll be interested to see how they uh, they respond to that uh, environment. It's funny how it works in recruiting sometimes. You follow that uh, world closely. Um, you know, Ty Ty Washington was not originally in a, targeted to be the Kentucky uh, to be a star at Kentucky. He was headed to Creighton. And then uh, Kentucky was uh, on other players, and uh, the Hickman kid that ended up at, uh, what, Gonzaga. Uh, and then I think, to, am I, aren't I correct, that uh, it kind of played out similarly with Tyler Eulis, where he was not the, the first guy that they had on their list. But, man, was everybody happy they got him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think uh, there's many guards out there that Kentucky would trade Ty Ty Washington for at this point. And, um, yeah, at, at one point it was looking like, you know, you would have Devin ask you back. He had, you know, stated publicly that he had planned on returning, and then he enters the portal, and you know, Nolan Hickman becomes the first player under John Calipari that had signed to ask for um, for a release. He ends up at Gonzaga, and uh, Kentucky gets in late on on Ty Ty Washington, who had kind of emerged as the season went along as one of the elite prospects in the country and uh, we've seen you know what he's done this season outside of that Duke game in the season opener he's been very very consistent um, I think he had three 20 point games before you know finally breaking through with that 29 point you know career high versus Tennessee on uh, on Saturday but um, just a really rock solid steady player and you just don't see that from freshmen freshmen are typically up and down they kind of go as their offense goes but it's been really really hard uh for john calipari to to get him off the floor with all the roster turnover uh calipari has constantly had to uh adapt from season to season and you know the 2011 team uh second team uh was uh, a very good three-point shooting team relied heavily on the three-point shot none have since but that one they were able to ride that to a final four um the 2017 team uh was uh the the highest scoring fastest paced calipari team they played much you know faster averaged over 90 a game 15 was suffocating defense i mean different personalities for different teams he's shown that he can uh and adapt so my question for you is do you think uh, what we're seeing with this team is a c- continuation of that, just adapting to what the roster he ended up having, or uh, did he have something like this in mind as he put together a team uh, in the wake of a you know dismal uh, 2021 season? Yeah, you know, I give John Calipari a lot of credit, uh, especially this season. Going back to the Notre Dame game, you know, I had a story queued up about how it felt like John Calipari and Kentucky were at a crossroads because the way they played in that Notre Dame game, uh, you know, dumping the ball in the post and everybody kind of standing around and they scored 62 points. And, you know, I was just kind of wondering out loud, why did John Calipari recruit shooters and drivers if everybody's just going to stand around and they're going to you know play two traditional bigs in the post like you know John Calipari prefers to and then after that game it was like everything turned and he said as much he he realized that they can't play the way his teams typically play and the way he likes to 
to play and, you know, dump the ball down in the post and get high percentage shots and, you know, grind you out on defense and, and beat you with rebounding and those types of things. And it's really, really hard and it's really, really risky to turn the ship around during the season. It's one thing to, you know, install everything, you know, in the preseason and, and uh, you know, change how you're going to play, but in mid-season, that's really, really hard to do, and it's really risky because if it doesn't work, then you know you're in a world of hurt. And so, uh, I give him a lot of credit for you know changing the style of play mid-season when when things didn't work at Notre Dame, and and we've seen the results since then. Yeah, I mean, other than the uh, LSU game, they have rolled uh, along through this, and even there, if Ty Ty doesn't cramp up, I mean they've come out, scored 19 points in eight minutes in the second half, and who knows how that might have turned out had he been able to stay in. Yeah, and, and played without Severe Wheeler on top of that. And that goes to show you the amount of quality options, I think, they, that they have uh, in the backcourt. Davion Mintz has, has been playing really, really well, and uh, Ty Ty Washington, obviously, uh, Severe Wheeler came back and had a really, really strong game against Tennessee and he's been through the the SEC grind before and and knows what to expect and so uh, I think Kentucky's at their best when you know they have three or four guards on the court at the same time and I think it's still going to be really important to get some development from either Bryce Hopkins or Damian Collins behind Oscar Shibway if he gets in foul trouble um, you know to give them some options there and Lance Ware has been playing really well I think in in spot minutes he comes in and, and does his job and uh, holds the fort until you know Oscar can can get back on the floor. Chris Fisher, CatsPost dot com. Thank you. All right, thanks. It's the Leach Report coming to you from Texas. We'll be right back. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio ten eighty. Tweet us at Leach Report or email Leach Report at gmail dot com. It's the Leach Report, and we are coming to you from Texas, where the Wildcats play tonight. Last night, in the SEC, Tennessee knocked off Vandy, 68-60. to Arkansas beat South Carolina, 75-59, to and Mizzou over Ole Miss, 78-53. to But uh, the two games Kentucky fans were probably most interested in, one went for them, one went against them. Duke lost at Florida State, 79-78. So the number six team goes down, but Kansas kept pace with Kentucky in the win race as the seventh-ranked Jayhawks rallied late to win at Oklahoma, 67-64. to Number 23, Texas lost to Kansas State, 66-65. Mike Pratt, when we come back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at TomLeachKY. Coming to you today from the Mobile Clark's Pump and Shop Studio here in Texas. Return, refresh, refuel, and Clark's Pump and Shops all across the bluegrass. Mike Pratt joins us uh, as uh, we are here to work Kentucky, Texas A&M tonight. Moving up, Mike, in the batting order this week to Wednesday since we're going to arrive back about 3 a.m. tonight from College Station. Um, Mike, let me start with... um, uh, Coach Hall's passing, and he's the guy that recruited you to play at the University of Kentucky out of Dayton. What do you remember about that recruitment? Uh, he was persistent. He was uh, uh, really good in, in the house, in the uh, small house we lived in. He'd come in and sit 
in the uh, living room and have coffee with my parents, and we would talk, and he would talk to them, and he was so uh, he, he was so approachable, and he was so um, unpressuring. The only time he tried to pressure me was uh, at the end to sign with him, and that uh, you know that was the only time. The rest of the time, Joe was always at the right place at the right time. Had people with him that were UK fans up there. I mean, he was a terrific recruiter and uh, a guy that did it just uh, so well with his personality. And uh, so he's he's he was just. I guess you could call him a charmer in many ways. Tom, uh, but he got his message across. Yeah, I guess the the elements of his personality that we all saw after he got out of the pressure cooker of being the head coach at Kentucky were evident there when he was you know trying to recruit young men to play here. Yeah, um, he was a different guy. There's no question. And uh, but um, you know he was the guy. He recruited Issel and Larry Steele, myself. All all of us played uh, professionally. Jim Andrews. Uh, you go back to, uh, to Bob McCowan, who played with us. I mean, there's just a long list of guys before he got to be head coach that he was responsible for. Now, that's before as an assistant. He really was the only assistant, Tom, uh, because Harry didn't do much. Harry was with Adolph all the time. So Joe carried the load, and um, he was he was special at what he did. You can uh, read some more about uh, how Mike Pratt matriculated to the University of Kentucky in uh, our book, Kentucky Basketball, Two Decades Behind the Scenes, which is out at all the local bookstores. And uh, we've got some uh, signings we're working on that we'll tell you about coming up in uh, upcoming weeks. Uh, where you, If you don't have a book, you can uh, come out and pick one up. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this game tonight. Uh, I know you've uh, watched Texas A&M a good bit by this point, prepared for this game tonight. Uh, what uh, problems could the Aggies cause for the Wildcats? Well, they've got balanced scoring. I think they've got uh, four guys from like 8 to 12. Um, and uh, they re- they really share the ball well. They scrap and, you know, they're, they're a, a scrappy ball club. They can shoot it. Now, they, they want to get out and run, but I don't think they want to get out and run with Kentucky. I think we'll see more of a, of, of a pace to their liking, uh, play it on the half court, and maybe deep in the shot clock, but uh, at least on the half court. Very guard, guard, uh, swing guard oriented in their offense. And uh, Buzz Peterson's done a uh, Buzz Peterson. Buzz Williams has done a really nice job of putting this team together. You think about this Texas A&M preseason coaches and media was at the bottom of the SEC, somewhere in the bottom. All of a sudden, they're they're ten and zero at home. They're four and zero in the league. They beat Arkansas, a team that was projected to be at the top. This team is nothing to overlook. I mean, they, they've got a chance to get a quad one win if they beat Kentucky, which will look good on the resume. They're, unless they win the, the league uh, tournament, you know, they need one like this. So it's a big game for them. Let's talk about Ty Ty Washington. Uh, early in the season, we were doing exhibition games, and you were just so impressed with Ty Ty's game. He got out of the gate a little slowly up there at the Garden against uh, Duke, but he is pl- playing as well as anybody in the country right now at the guard spot. Um, so uh, what was it early on that you saw that is now coming to fruition? Well, I think from the Notre Dame game on, I think he's really 
changed the way he uh, plays as far as uh, being a, a ball-dominant guy who also can set other people up. I think prior to that, I think he took a back seat to Wheeler and let uh, Wheeler do it all, and he kind of floated on the outside. He would get lost out there. So, But now I think he's figured it out that he can float out there, and Wheeler will find it, but he also can take the ball and make his, make his move. So he's become much more confident uh, over the last month, much more confident. He's doing things that um, we I expected him to do with his skills, and he's knocking down his um, long-range tray. He's getting into the paint. He can stop and pop with the best of them. But he's just playing he, he just playing with a whole lot of confidence, which he, he struggled with up, up through the Notre Dame game. He really didn't know where he was fitting was going to fit in this offense. He's figured it out now. We should uh, throw a little love in the direction of Severe, too, because uh, yesterday Bruiser Flint did the news conference and was talking about uh, how these guys are coaching up each other, and, and Severe was one of the guys he mentioned that was doing that. And uh, he's uh, a guy that uh, transfers in. You know, Everybody has their own you know individual goals and aspirations for their careers, and yet he's comfortable enough in his in his own skin and his own game to let Ty Ty grow and you know maybe uh, severe relinquishes you know some of uh, his you know uh, control of the basketball to let Ty Ty have a little room to grow and that uh, speaks well of Wheeler it does severe has uh, become a little uh, a bit of a coach out there you see him talking to the guys and no he's um, he realizes I think uh, where he fits in this, and there's always going to be a role for him, and he can be like a coach and, and help develop some of these guys. I think he he's taken that, realized it, and he's applied it. And uh, big smile, you gotta like this kid. He's got a smile on his face. He loves to play the game. He's not af- afraid to share the ball. So you, you gotta love him, and he'll he'll be a major piece of this team as long as he's here. I, I really believe that. Yeah, this is uh, coming off last season. This team is is just uh, what Kentucky fans needed because they're they play an exciting style. The way they get up and down the floor, they shoot it well, and they just seem to really enjoy playing the game and show it. Yeah, they're fun to watch, and you'd be you would be surprised how many people come up to me and say, "Boy, I, I like this team." They said, "They they go, how good are they going to be?" I said, "I don't know." I said, "They got a big ceiling." I said. But they're fun to watch, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're fun to watch. And, you you, you know, Tom, you and I have talked, I like to look at the body language of players and benches. Mm-hmm. And last year's team, we weren't at many games except at, uh, at home. I didn't like the body language of that team uh, overall. This year, well, I like the body language while they're playing and then on the bench. So I, I think this team is going to have the opportunity to win some games against some people that are – very talented and highly ranked. They're going to have a chance to make a statement and win a couple of these games because they, they've got that energy. They've got that togetherness. Well, how about former Kentucky assistant Leonard Hamilton, longtime head coach of the Florida State Seminoles last night. They took down the Dukies, and uh, uh, Leonard's team has now set a record. They have won, going back to 2018, 13 consecutive games that went to overtime. They've won them all. How about Ham? You know, he's uh, proven himself uh, across different different arenas, you know, college pros. He was coach of the Wizards for a year, year and a half. Good guy, very big piece of the Kentucky basketball history. 
and you pull for him. I mean, it's like uh, you, you cannot sleep on his teams. You cannot sleep on them, particularly at home. They are rough at home, man. You don't – hard for you to uh, see any team going to Tallahassee and not having a battle. Very true. Mike Pratt, thank you much. Okay, buddy. See you. It's at Mike Pratt 22 on Twitter. His weekly visits to the program presented by Boone's Butcher Shop in Bardstown. Boone'sButcherShop.com. 17 away from the top of the hour. It's the Leach Report. And when we come back, we will chat with Andrew Bonico. He's the radio play-by-play voice for the Texas A&M Aggies. It's the Leach Report Radio Network served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. It's the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Andrew Monaco joins us. He's the radio play-by-play voice of the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, Columnist in the uh, Lexington Herald-Leader, Andrew, wrote about uh, Buzz Williams having a track record of uh, having his teams, uh, when he goes to a new spot, do their best work in the third year. That's when the breakthrough comes. This is the third year here for him at A&M. Uh, did you guys see this coming? Because the people who voted in the preseason polls certainly didn't. No, Tom, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because so much changed in this past offseason with Emmanuel Miller going to TCU, with J.J. Chandler leaving, with uh, going to South uh, South Alabama. Savion Flagg goes to Sam Houston. It was very different at the end. Last year seemed like a lost year for us. Remember, we did not play in February. Combination of COVID, combination of ice storms that hit. So the cupboard was bare. I I don't know how else to put it. And then Buzz and his staff putting this team together through Transfer Portal, through recruits. And and I think about it like this. I, I think about it. It's been a puzzle that has fit. I think it's been an unconventional way for him to do it in the third year, but usually he's had a lot of the same guys uh, through those years at Marquette or at Virginia Tech. This has been different, but it has come together. But I, I think the underlying message is the way Buzz brings in his guys, so to speak, gets them to play his style, and he and his staff have, have done a wonderful job. I think it's been a, a terrific surprise. Uh, for A&M fans, and, uh, but I think it does show that uh, <laughs> Buzz does have some kind of magic, does he not? Because he, he does seem to do this everywhere. When you buy in, it's going to pay off. Who makes them go? Because they play, so it looks like a really balanced attack. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. There's no one guy. Henry Coleman III has been fantastic. He's the transfer from Duke. Uh, he's been terrific in the in conference play, and that's that's what they've needed. As you know, they they don't have a, a, a ton of height. It's a it's a lot of guard play for them. So Coleman is the one who's down low. Um, Tyrese Radford, whom you will hear referred to as Boots, it's a nickname that Buzz gave him while he was at Virginia Tech. He decides to come here and play for Buzz again after graduating in three years from Virginia Tech. Just that experience. Those two have the experience. And you have to have a point guard to win, as, as you guys know, with Savir Wheeler. Uh, you, if you don't, you don't win anywhere in college basketball. Marcus Williams has been the one. He's the transfer from Wyoming, from Dickinson uh, in the in the Houston area. Uh, he's been, uh, again, a, a different level uh, in, in conference play, getting used to one another. Wade Taylor's one of the true freshmen 
you'll see as a backup point guard. But then you have the Hassan Diaras and the Andre Gordons. Dre has moved off the ball, but he can initiate the offense, and Hassan Diaras is someone that Buzz absolutely trusts. The experience, Ethan Henderson, who had played four years at Arkansas, will be your, your starting center. He's, he brings that kind of experience. And, it, it's, and Quentin Jackson, I think, Tom, was the big one who said he was coming back. And you know, if you're going to have a super senior come back in COVID, it's got to be the right one. And, and he's the right kind, uh, comes off the bench, the first off the bench. He may not start, but he's going to be someone who will finish for A&M and has been A&M's leading scorer this season. Much better shooting team than Buzz has had the last two years, too, right? Yeah, it's not a tractor pull any longer, Tom. That's what Buzz used to call it. <laughs> if you remember, it, was, he would say, hey, we just have to get the ball on the rim. Get it on the rim. We have a chance at an offensive rebound if it doesn't go in. No, they've been a, they've been a better a better shooting team because they shoot from their spots, Tom. That's how they run the offense very much. You'll hear the, the one more, that one more pass. That, it's not just the one pass. You're getting it to a teammate in a shot that he can hit, and, and that's what's been so key about this offense. If they can get it early, great. If not, they will use that shot clock uh, and try to keep that defense in, in rotation. Yeah, it's it's different watching the ball go go through the hoop because that that, that times it was <laughs> as Buzz said a tractor pull in years past. That one more mantra is something that uh, we hear a lot in John Calipari's practices, or or did earlier. Actually, haven't heard it as much lately because they you didn't have to tell them they're they're doing it, and it sounds like it's uh, that way for Buzz as well. Uh, I uh, hope Andrew that uh, when Oklahoma and Texas come into the SEC that. We end up in a situation where we uh, get to, in, in football in particular, play teams more often. Uh, there was one model that I, I read where it would be uh, maybe every over a four-year period you'd go home and home with everybody in the league because uh, it would be nice to get the Kentucky fans to experience the Texas A&M Kyle Field deal uh, rather than once every decade. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly right. There is... There is. A, I'm trying to think. What? Well, well, honestly, we have not been to Kentucky. No. A and M. 2025. Yeah. They're scheduled in so, 2025 has, unless something changes. And and look, we all, we had. And I know it took a pandemic to change our schedule. I get it. But if A and M comes in in 2012 and you don't go to Kentucky until 2025, I'm with you. I want to. I want to go to more of these places. I want to see these teams. It's. You know, you're SEC. We're still in a, you know, we're still new, <laughs> and, and that new, and that newness doesn't go away if you're if you if you don't see a school. But once Kentucky, you know, in, in the schedule was able to come in, in Jimbo's first year, ranked 13 at at, at that time, and then it, it, not again until so. If that was 2018, then 2025. You can't be playing teams. I'm with you every seven years. Uh, I, I'm with you. Can, can we rotate these around and and get a chance to see more? I, does that mean another conference game? I I think that might be coming down the pike as well. But I can't yeah, I agree with you is. more. I I like going to all the all the not just the stadiums but the campuses. And I'm with you. I think it would make the the conference uh, that much more one competitive. We know that, especially with what Mark Stoops has done there. And Jimbo flat out loves Mark Stoops since they coached together at at Florida State and had success together. But I just think it's better for the fans. I agree with you 100%. Oh, yeah, but I don't know, three or four years ago, 
Somebody taps me on the shoulder and points down to my right in the seats where Cal's family normally sits, and there's Mark Stoops and Jimbo Fisher sitting side by side <laughs> watching Kentucky basketball. So yeah, they're, uh, they're great friends. Jimbo's a fan. Uh, that I won't I, unless he's doing something. He'll probably be there tonight. That would be my guess. We saw Eli Drinkwitz. He was at half court Saturday at our game at, at Missouri. So if these coaches get a little bit of time, I know they've. Got, I know that's always recruiting and stuff like that, but. I know Jimbo flat out loves to be able to catch as many uh, events as he can on campus. Andrew, thank you much. See you tonight. You bet, my friend. Andrew Monaco is the radio voice of the Texas A&M Aggies. We're coming to you from College Station where the uh, Cats play Texas A&M tonight. And we'll be right back to close it out on the Leach Report. Kentucky Awards for Media have been announced by the National Sports Media Association. Uh, voting done state by state around the country. Congrats to uh, a regular visitor to our program, John Hale of the Courier-Journal, named Kentucky's Sports Writer of the Year. And it was a tie for Sports Caster of the Year. Uh, Kendra Caskins uh, and Fred Calgill, both from the Louisville Market. Congrats to all for good work in uh, 2021 that's going to be recognized uh, this summer at the awards banquet down in North Carolina. And congrats to our buddy Rex Chapman. He is going to do a new show for CNN Plus. It's a streaming service that they're going to launch uh, later this year. The release says it will include intimate conversations with athletes, entertainers, and everyday heroes as Chapman looks for the silver lining beyond today's toughest headlines. So Rex will be very good at that. And, uh, Probably maybe some good dog stories worked into the mix as well. A few block charge calls. Uh, so good luck to uh, Rex with the, the new venture. All right, tomorrow uh, Dick Gabriel will be sitting in for me. He's going to be traveling back late from Texas. So uh, he'll be here to review Kentucky and Texas A&M. Important stretch here for the Wildcats. Uh, this begins the stretch of uh, three of the next four are on the road. They go to Auburn, of course, on Saturday. But Texas A&M, the business in hand tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach.